Hello, you're listening to Local Legends, the podcast that explores the history of Randwick City through the recollections of locals who know and love the area. I'm Gillian Lewis and with me is Margaret Martin. Margaret served as a councillor for Randwick City Council for 17 years and she was elected as mayor twice, once in 1992 and again in 1996. Margaret retired in 1999 and she's here today to share some of her favourite memories of the area. Welcome Margaret. Thank you Gillian. So let's start with a little bit of your background. How did you end up in this area? When I was first married in 59, we lived at East Lakes for a number of years. Then in 73, we moved to Maroubra and we continued to live in this area for the next 30, 40 years. And you had three children at the time? Yes, yes. And you said you lived down near the beach, is that right? Yes, South Maroubra. Tell us a little bit about what it looked like. Looked like then? Yeah. (laughs) Pretty ragged. The sand hills overlooking Coogee, they were subsequently um, became very highly developed and lovely homes. But, but they, I think they were called the uh, Golden Sands of Coogee. Right. Somebody discovered them and decided to develop there. Um, but the beach area itself was big, wide open beaches as much as it is now, the actual beach. But of course, there was no infrastructure there then at all. Um, very barren and a bit miserable looking. Like an old-fashioned seaside beach suburb, really. Yeah. Yes. And uh, what was your life like at the time? You were a stay-at-home mum No, no, I wasn't a stay-at-home mum. No? No, not at all. Um, with three children to educate, and my husband had a business in Randwick, yeah. on Frenchman's Road, for 30-odd years, so I was there, there helping him as well. Okay. So it was a busy life, Yeah. Uh, a busy life, but it was very nice. We loved where we were in Maroubra, South Maroubra. And um, then we finally moved up into Clovelly. And when you were in Maroubra is when you became a councillor for the first time yes. for the South Ward. Yes. And tell us about that story. Uh, How did that come about? <laughs> it's quite a funny story. Actually, I had um, joined the Liberal Party in, uh, I'm not quite sure, probably the middle 70s. Uh, and. At Maroubra, there might, it was a very small community of Liberal Party people. So the branch maybe had the absolute minimum of number of people to operate as a branch. Yeah, so I just had a normal, very busy life and I'd go to a meeting once a month to the mm-hmm. Liberal Party. Um, and um, then the state government decided to completely um, reinforce councillors as Liberals Uh, for the first time ever. So the Liberal Party decided that they'd look at Randwick Council, uh, formed a committee uh, and decided then to start to look for candidates for each of the wards. Mm -hmm. So I have to say I was so busy with my other activities in life, it wasn't something that I was even contemplating. Um, However, the night of the pre-selection, I obviously wasn't, I didn't go, um, but I had a phone call prior to that asking me would I be number two on the ticket and I (laughs) objected strongly and said look I know absolutely nothing about local government I'm not even sure I know where the Randwick Council chambers are Uh, and they said look don't worry you will never get elected because South Ward has two Labor councillors and a very strong independent but we just need a name on the number two Uh, so I said oh well okay fine then completely forgot about Pre-selection came and the next morning uh, the president rang me and said, uh, look, there was a bit of a mess up with the pre-selection. The gentleman who was going to stand didn't come. So 
look, we put your name number one. We hope you don't mind, but don't worry, you'll never get elected. <laughs> well, I mean, that was, I thought, what am I going to do? I had no idea what you did for an election. Yeah. Completely no. So they made, printed some brochures for me and said, just go, go knock on a few doors and introduce me. Well, this is the last thing in the world I was even remotely involved in having done. I'd led a fairly, not an introverted life, but a house and a mother and yeah. a, that sort of situation. So anyhow, I finally um, worked up enough courage to go out and start knocking on a few doors. And the, of course, the comment was, we've never had a Liberal knock on our door yeah. because it's a very strong Labor area and still is, of course. Prior to that, I'd been having friendly conversations with one of the neighbours. I really didn't know his name, yeah. but we used to chat across the back fence about um, things happening. In fact, I can actually remember talking to him about Arthur Caldwell. You probably have never heard of Arthur Caldwell, no. but he was one of the federal, I think he might have been the leader of the federal parliament many years ago. Okay. However, it was always a friendly chat. Yeah. Um, and uh, the election came and went, of which I really don't have very much uh, recall of. Okay. But in the middle of the week, I got a phone call from this man who turned out to be the neighbour and he said, oh, it's Ken here from across the street. And I said, yes. He said, look, I'm just ringing to tell you you're going to be elected to council. And <laughs> I said, how do you know? <laughs> and he said, well, uh, he said, I watch council elections and voting, the voting pattern very carefully. Uh, and he said, I can see with the uh, support of the independent, you, know, you will go into council. And I said, but how do you know all this? He said, well, I'm the campaign director for the Labor Party. Right. <laughs> so that was the beginning, I have to say, of a long-term friendship with him. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't as though I was a, a political groupie that I'd been chasing. And I really had... You know, accidental very, candidate, you called yourself. accidental, yeah. yes. And so, so there she went. Yeah, and so then you started being a councillor. Yes, and the first night on council was terrifying mm -hmm. uh, because you sit in your ward, not with your Liberal or political partners. Mm -hmm. So I was sitting between a Labor councillor and the Independent. And the Labor council man was a lovely, strong, right-wing, old-fashioned Labor yeah. man. And everybody was a bit scared of him. He'd been, <laughs> he'd been the mayor of Randwick for a number of years. Yeah. John Ford, his name was. Mm -hmm. Anyhow, he, he took me under his wing. He was so nice. And he used to say to me, look, mate, you can ask me anything. But he said, if I say, sorry, I can't help you tonight. He said, you'll, you'll know that we've caucused on this item. And, and of course, I didn't even know what caucus meant. Right. I had no indication of what he was talking about. But then also on the very first night, there was a motion before the council about something that um, I thought was a good idea, you know, and the, the Liberal councillors were all brand new to politics anyway, mm -hmm. much the same as me. There was one man, Ken Finn, who'd been here for a long time and he was, he was great. But anyhow, um, I was listening to the debate and thinking, well, yeah, that sounds okay. Yeah, I'd be happy to support that. Mm -hmm. So when the vote came around, I started to put my hand up to vote for it. He grabbed my hand and pulled it back and said, mate, you can't support this. You can't support this. This is a Labor motion. <laughs> <laughs> so I gradually, over the years, I gleaned a lot of information from his support. I mean, he even told me, to be very sure to remember, in a, a council of 15 councillors, eight will always beat seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, he, he was 
but he was, even when he retired, he used to ring me when I was living down at Tarborn and, and encouraging me to get involved in the local politics down, down there, there, which of course I never ever did. But he was a lovely, lovely man and a great support to me. Oh. Um, and I've never forgotten how, um, how really good he was to me. Yeah. Not that I, you know, I got a lot of support over the years from all of the councillors, I have to say. I got on really well with them and um, it was nice to know them on a social level, apart from the political differences yeah. that we might have had and the political balances. But the first year um, I went in as mayor with the support of an independent, but the second time around the Libs and the Labor Party got together. So they had two years and we had two years. And I have to say that that was probably one of the calmest period of Randwick Council yeah. because there was no argy-bargy on the floor. Not, that's not correct. But we used to talk about things before we went into council. Right. Um, and I sort of, I suppose at the end of my council career, I'd become um, more interested in the community and what you were doing as a council for the community as against pushing the political point of view, mm. which I guess probably still happens, but those four years that we had in that situation uh, really was, it was, a, it was a good four years. Yeah. Yeah. And tell me a little bit at that time when you were in the South Ward, um, what are some of your proudest achievements down there? Well, I think the, uh, the retirement village there yeah. at South Maruba Shopping Centre. And how did that come about? Um, well, the Randwick Council owned the Randwick Women's Bowling Club mm -hmm. in Tywood Street at South Maruba. Uh, and the um, membership had dropped off and finally the council decided they would sell it. Yeah. Uh, and with the suggestion from a couple of the council officers in terms of what was likely to happen with the land, um, the proposition was put to me that perhaps a retirement village might be nice there. Yeah. So I went ahead with that and pushed it and got the support of the council and uh, it's been there, it's still there. Still and there. Um, happily, and I've met... Over the years, different people that still live there in the retirement village, which yeah. is nice. Yes, yeah, so that was the big one, I think, yeah. for South Ward. But in the Malabar Beach upgrade, of course, that was that was probably um, important. And of course, over the years, the the water quality at Malabar Beach had always been awful. But mm. I think now, from what I'm hearing, it's not too bad. It's pretty good now. I think mm. Coogee Beach is the same, of course. But I think generally, in terms of the beaches around Sydney, I think. The Randwick Council beaches have got a pretty good reputation. Yeah. And um, how long were you in Maroubra for before you moved to Clavelli? Uh, probably, uh, oh, probably 10 years, I'd 10 say. Years? Yeah. yeah. And so then you moved to Clavelli and mm. you continued as a councillor for that area yes. on the North Ward. In North Ward, yeah. yes. yes. And tell us a bit about that time period. What were some of the concerns of the residents in Clavelli at the time? Well, I imagine they were the same concerns in the whole area of, mm -hmm. of Randwick, but I think overdevelopment was probably a big concern. Mm -hmm. um, and in that, that period of time, a lot of people were doing, putting second storeys on smaller houses. Mm -hmm. And then the street, the parking in the street was just, and it still is horrible. Similar concerns. Yeah, very difficult, <laughs> very difficult. Yeah. Yes, um, I became involved with a lot of the community people, the, um, well, the, the surf clubs um, and the rugby club and also um, with the civic receptions we put together at that stage, one in particular, or a series that I was particularly involved in, was inviting the volunteers that run all of those organisations 
And so we went through a period where we invited the schools, all, all the schools, and they had representatives from the schools. The, all the churches came, they put sent somebody. Um, the, the social and the sporting activities, as I said before, and you met so many people. And the work that the volunteers do for the community, um, no legal, state, federal or, or, in, or local, could really function as well as they do without yeah. the support of those volunteers. Amazing and that was a huge, yeah. yes. To me, that was a wonderful um, thing to learn about and to understand and just to see how much time and commitment they they did to what they were doing. Mm. Yeah. To Seals Club was another one. Yes. Yeah. So you were elected mayor, you were the first female mayor for Randwick City Council, elected in 1992. Mm -hmm. And tell us a bit about what that felt like. Well, of course it was exciting um, and it was a huge commitment mm -hmm. um, but it was something that I really enjoyed. It was a huge learning curve for me as well and I just, you know, I thoroughly enjoyed it. As far as the actual event itself, it, well, I guess it was something pretty special at that particular time. When you look at the honour board out here in the... In the foyer here, yeah. and there's all those men's names all the way down from mm -hmm. 1850 or something or other, and then suddenly there's a lady's name yeah. there. Well, I guess that's pretty special. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And um, you're elected again in 1996, so you mm -hmm. served twice as mayor, one year each time. Mm -hmm. um, tell us a bit about some of the achievements during that time. You mentioned, um, was it Carols by Candlelight that oh, you got yes. started? <laughs> that was really interesting. In, it was in the 80s. Uh, before in the first you were mayor. Yeah. Before, before I was mayor, yes. But um, I'd grown up in a, in a situation where Carols by Candlelight was a very important thing on Christmas Eve and came to council here and nothing seemed to be happening. So I very tentatively put it to council that, you know, why don't we have Carols by Candlelight? Uh, and it was sort of a bit ho-hum, oh, well, yes, okay, they, was, they supported me in that. So where are we going to hold it? Um, that was the next question. And some nice young gentleman was <laughs> was put in charge to help me organise it, Peter, I can't think of his surname, uh, and we chose Kyneston Avenue, mm -hmm. and that's the old tramway. It used to run from Cowper Street through to Allison Road. Um, it was then developed and a lot of houses overlooked the actual um, tramway area itself. So we had a little stage and we advertised it. Um, and I think we must have had recorded music or something. I, don't, I can't remember how we got over the musical part of it, but we did. And I think we might have had 25 people came, yeah. <laughs> which was, you know, a bit sort of uh, different, I suppose. Yeah. I don't know. Whether it wasn't advertised to the degree that it is now, of course, it's yeah. such a big event, such a very big event. So that was, you know, that was, I guess, the an start of the carols in yes, Randwick City. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. That's, and then you, you had a little bit to do with the business awards. Yes, that was yes. started in in my period. The other thing was the um, the precinct committees were set up in ah, those those years. Yeah. Whether it was set up in one of my mural, I can't really recall yeah. about that. Um, but that was a big thing, a very yeah. big thing, setting up the And for those committee. listeners who don't know what the precinct committees are, tell us, tell us what their goal is. Well, it's a group of people who are, are seriously interested in their own ward mm. uh, and they have the opportunity um, 
to present their concerns to the councillors um, and to who then in terms hopefully pick them up and help move them through council. They're pretty important people, yeah. you know, within the area. Yes. And um, you were talking about how being mayor gave you the opportunity to get to know the community a bit better. Yes. Tell us a bit why that was so special. Well, I think it was just the, um, the experience of uh, learning about other people, uh, not just culturally, but to understand the, the concerns about in terms of development. And you would have normally have lots of conversations with just maybe two or three people who had developments before council. And it was really interesting that at that time, and maybe they were just being, the applicants were just being nice, but on more than one occasion, they would say, we're coming to talk to you because you're a woman and you have a different point of view. And we absolutely did. Yeah. The Women on Council certainly had a different point of view. So that was, that was a nice tick. Yeah. <laughs> and so you got to learn a lot about the community and um, you talk a little bit about the citizenship ceremonies. Special, very, very special. Yeah. Um, just wonderful to see um, the, the, the commitment on the faces of the people who were accepting uh, citizenship. Yeah. It was just lovely. It was a, always a very special occasion. I think it probably still is. Yeah. Um, I think now they do them out at um, Little Bay. Yes. I've seen them. They do. I think I've been to a couple out there. A couple but out there. But here yeah. we used to do them in the town hall. Yeah. Yeah. No, very special. Hi, this is Gillian Lewis. You're listening to a Randwick Local Legends podcast. And with me is Margaret Martin. Tell me a bit more, we touched on this earlier, but a little bit about the business awards and the sports awards yes. that you were involved in. Yes. Why was it important to get those things going? Because I thought it was nice to recognise uh, the ability and the effort that all of those people put into the community. Yeah. Absolutely, yes. So we had some very special people over the years in terms of the sporting awards uh, and the business awards. And look now, you know, it's everywhere you go, you'll see an award, a Randwick Council business award poster put up or... Yeah. requesting votes and stuff, which is great. It's great um, community involvement. Yeah. Um, you have had a library named after you. Yes. <laughs> Tell yes. us about that, How, when you were told that this would happen. and Well, I, I, I had a phone call from council asking me, would I mind if they named something for me? And, and previously, the councillors, that people that have been councillors for a number of years had streets named after them or parks or whatever. Um, and I said, oh, well, that's, thank you very much. That sounds lovely. And um, my daughter said to me, Mum, what do you think it might be? And I said, it'll probably be a plaque on a wooden bench in a park somewhere. That's what it'll be. So you can imagine my astonishment when they formally rang me and advised me that council had decided and to name the Randwick Branch Library, rename it the Margaret Martin Library. And I was just absolutely amazed, really. Yeah. Great honour. And um, and I hear such lovely reports yeah. about the Randwick <laughs> Library now. It's so very popular. It is. And well, we had um, um, Queen Mary and... Frederick. Frederick. Yeah. Uh, there for, the, uh, for an afternoon there with the... I can't remember the name of the fund. 
I think you might be thinking of the Alana and Madeline Foundation promoting online security awareness for children. And do you remember the day that they renamed the library? Were you the, for the yes, ceremony? Yes, yeah. yes. No, it was um, in nineteen. In sorry, two thousand and twelve. Two thousand twelve. Um, oh, just a few years. Yes, back. just a few years back. Yes, and then we had an official opening a little later in the year, which ah. was all very exciting to have a lot of former councillors there, and um, yeah, pretty special. Yeah. Mm. And so, tell us a little bit about what you think the difference is between Ramwick City today and maybe 40 years ago when you... Well, of course, it's the um, obvious, the, the development of the city itself. Um, Especially hopefully... this junction area, you have some memories about watching the hospital and university. Oh, the hospital and, and the university, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And the continuing um, expansion. The hospital itself with all its ancillary... Uh, medical services now, it's a huge area, isn't it? And I've yes. just experienced some of it, so I'm aware of what's happening yeah. there. And the university itself, where they continue to put stuff there, I'm not quite sure, but no. it seems to be getting bigger and bigger. Um, yeah. yeah, but the shopping centres themselves. And Billmore Road, um, when I was first involved, there, in fact, I had um, a father-in-law in a nursing home that opened onto Avoca Street, which was there beside Marcelin. Mm -hmm. uh, and there was a laneway that used to run from Avoca Street through to Belmore Road. Mm -hmm. There was a fruit market of some description in there, I think, as well. Um, so with the Royal Randwick Shopping Centre, of course, that encompassed all of that. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, that's been a huge development there. And once again, lo looking at it now, it's so busy. When it initially started off, I think it was a bit quiet. It took a little while to get going. But now it's a very busy hub. Yeah. Very busy. And what do you think about the... Um What's going on there now with the light rail and yes. all the transport changes? Yes, and I hear today on the news they're saying the 14th of December is that's, the starting date. Yeah. Uh, and it, obviously it's been, sadly, it's had a huge effect on uh, businesses in Anzac Parade, which must have been whether there was su sufficient thought put into what was likely to happen there when all that was planned, I don't know. Um, let's hope it's going to be the success and... I would think, when you think of the number of people, especially attending the university and the hospital um, and sporting fixtures and stuff like that, to be able to hop on a, a, a tram yeah. light rail here in Randwick and end up in, in one, one go mm. um, down to Circular Quay, I think that's pretty, pretty special. Yeah. Yes, but no doubt about it, there's been a few pains attached to it. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, and how did you see council change over the 17 years that you, was it 17 years you were a councillor? Yes, yes. Yeah. I think uh, there were more female um, councillors, yeah. which was good, yes. Um, of course, we had a few changes, and I can't remember what year it was now, this new Local Government Act came in, and that made changes to the administrative, the administrative side of the council. Mm -hmm. um, and when I first came to council, we had... Alan Burgess was the general manager, and then of course we had um, Gordon Messeter, who made a huge difference to the running of the council mm -hmm. in terms of staff. And uh, he was the one that got busy and secured the council chambers, where before anybody could wander in at any time of the day or night. I'm talking about councillors, right. which was not the right thing to to, to happen, right. because all the departments uh, were open to anybody that might want to go in at the weekend and have a look. You know, so Gordon was absolutely gobsmacked when he came. Mm. He was there for my um, last 
period as mayor. Just a wonderful administrator. He made a huge difference. Um, yeah, so in terms of the staff, when I first came to the council, there was some um, staff who'd been attached to the council for a long time. So mm -hmm. they had funny stories about things that happened over the years. Mm -hmm. And I can remember, I can see his face, I can't put a name to it, telling the story about one of the residents who was complaining about his next door neighbour's rooster. <laughs> wouldn't stop crowing. <laughs> so he said, he went out and he had looked at the situation and he suggested that in the chicken coop <laughs> they put a, another rod across above so that the rooster couldn't lift his head and crow. <laughs> so whether it worked, I don't know, but it sounded hilarious at the time. <laughs> so... I might just ask you to give some tips about what you think makes a good counsellor for any up-and-coming young counsellors out there. What do you think makes a good counsellor? Well, I personally think is their ability to to be able to to mix and to talk to the community mm. because we are the 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 level of of um, government that is closest to the people, yeah. and if the community can't come and talk to their counsellors. I think that's the most important component of being a counsellor. I really do. They've got to be available and prepared to become involved with the concerns of the community. Yeah. And how do you feel about um, social media today with politics and being a counsellor? Awful. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just put I'm, a line through it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a fan. I'm not a... Uh, no, I don't. I can see that in some areas it has... Um, some pluses, but I, I really feel that uh, very difficult for young people growing up today, mm. and it really, really concerns me. I've got grandchildren, and um, yeah, I, I, I mean, there's so many pressures on young people today. Yeah. This is just an added one, yeah. and technology being what it is, you know, we've got to learn to live with it. And for the older community, it's not been easy to deal with all of this, because the young people, once again, they rely so much on on technology today, mm. and I, it, to a degree, I think um, you know there are, there are some concerns in terms of how committed the young kids become, especially to their iPads and iPhones at the yeah. school. Schools, fortunately, are beginning to wake up to doing something about that. I, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. More rules. So it's around. had a big, obviously, a huge. Um, impact mm. on people's lives no question about that just to wrap up we'll talk about where you are now so yeah. you moved away from Ramwick City when you retired yes I did for uh, about 19 years we yeah. moved down to the towards the southern highlands mm -hmm. and we retired and um, while I kept my ears and my eyes on what was happening in Randwick to a point um, we finally um, for personal reasons, we moved back to Randwick and I'm now installed um, at St Basil's, yeah. uh, which is absolutely amazing. It's a wonderful place, wonderful, very well run, um, very, very caring, very caring. And they have the, I'm in the independent living area, mm -hmm. but they have the aged care area, which is very, very important. I think those three stages of ongoing care for elderly people. Yeah because that in itself is a, a huge life problem that people have to find as they get older. Yeah. Yes, so now I'm very comfortable there and 
they're wonderful and um, I consider myself to be very fortunate. And just down the road from your library. Yes, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and it's really nice to hear people talking about the library when I'm maybe sitting in the coffee shop or something like that and you hear people talk about it. Um, And interestingly enough, I'd been out of the area for all those years and when I was uh, at the hospital one day, my daughter heard somebody pass a comment as I walked by. Um, and this elderly gentleman said, that's Margaret Martin. And that really surprised me that yeah. after that period of time, somebody would, would remember me. I just mm. didn't, I just didn't even think about that. Yes. Yeah. So my daughter turned around and laughed and said, yes, she's still walking. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I think your name will be said for a long time. Oh, in thank Randwick you, Julie. Yes, no, it's been, I, I really do when I think back on those years, as a wonderful um, experience, uh, lots of good times and some fairly heavy stuff as well. Yeah. But a wonderful experience, and for me on a personal level, a wonderful learning experience. Yeah. Mm. Well, thank you very much for coming today and sharing all of your thank memories you. of the time. Oh, it's been a thrill. It's been nice to talk to you. Good. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.